Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is March 30th. Today we're going to continue in Exodus. We're going to keep looking at these plagues and what the Lord is really trying to show Pharaoh and the people of Egypt through each one of these plagues. If you'll remember last time we talked about this plague of water turning to blood. And it wasn't just the Nile, although the Nile was specifically the Egyptian god that the Lord was trying to show power over. However, it was all the water. It was the ponds. It was the streams. It was the rivers were turned to blood. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Pharaoh goes to his magicians and he says, okay, you do the same thing. You show them your magic. And they do it. Now, I don't know where they did it because all of the water was turned to blood. So it must have been just a small puddle or just something little that the Pharaoh's magicians turned red. Now, what's fascinating to me about this and what I think the Lord wants us to understand and learn from this is that we live in a world of counterfeit. The adversary is constantly trying to mimic God's power and his authority trying to get people to follow him just long enough before they realize that he has no real power to make good on his fake promises. Unlike God, who has all power and all authority and every intention and ability to deliver on what he promises. Pharaoh's desire to bring forth a magician was a counterfeit for true power. But my friends, magic is not the same as miracles, and tricks aren't the same as true power that comes from God alone. And so even when the Pharaoh's magicians could mimic slightly these plagues, it was never the full magnitude of what God could do, because God wasn't performing magic tricks. He was performing miracles. He was showing forth his power. And what I love here in these plagues is that he is showing forth his power in very, very specific ways. Remember yesterday we talked about that Elder Maxwell quote, that God isn't a God of coincidence, that he is in the divine design of things. And that's especially true as we take a look at these plagues. These plagues weren't random. They weren't, let's see what we can conjure next. But rather, each one of these plagues is going to show power over a specific Egyptian god. It's going to show that God's power is greater than any power of these Egyptian gods. So let's take a look at the second plague found at the beginning of Exodus chapter 8. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. I love that repetition. Let my people go that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs, and the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house, and into thy bedchamber, and upon thy bed, and into the house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thine ovens, and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee, and upon thy people, and upon thy servants." Now, I don't know about you guys, but I remember being a kid and seeing scenes from the movie Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. And just the specific scene that I remember is this woman running from this swarm of birds, and it seemed like there was nowhere that she could go to escape these birds, right? And that kind of traumatized me. I was afraid of birds for a while. But holy moly, (laughs) 
(laughs) These verses are like a horror movie, right? Rather than the birds, it's the frogs, because there is absolutely no escaping it. No matter where Pharaoh would go, these frogs would be there. They would come up out of the rivers. They would be in his home. He would go into his room. They would be there. They're in his bed. They're in his servants' homes. They're in their ovens. I get super grossed out at the idea of someone kneading dough and all of a sudden kneading into a frog. That super grosses me out. But what I love here is the symbolism of God's all-present power, that there was nowhere that the Pharaoh could go to escape the power of the God of the Hebrews. And I love that that curse, that plague was everywhere to symbolize that God's power can't be escaped, that there's nowhere that we can go to hide from God's power, but that it is absolutely everywhere. Now, like I said, these plagues were very specific. They're not coincidental. This second plague of the frogs was meant to show power over the Egyptian god of Heket, which was a very important god to the Egyptians. It was the god of fertility, which you might hear that and think, well, what the heck does that have to do with frogs? But the Egyptian god Heket, which was the god of fertility, was represented with a frog head. It was very, very well known, very, very well established that the frog was this symbol of the Egyptian god of fertility. And so here this plague is showing God's power over that false god. And actually, I find it kind of funny that it happens to be frogs, because frogs live this duplicitous life, right? They live a life in land and they live a life in water. And here with this particular plague, we see the duplicity of Pharaoh. He asks Moses later in chapter 8 to entreat the Lord to take the plague away, and he promises to let Israel go. Now, it's interesting because it's almost as if Moses knows that Pharaoh is going to back out of this, because look at what he says in verse 10. In verse 10, he says, Be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. It's almost as if Moses is saying here, okay, yeah, we're going to take you on your word, but God's not doing this because of your word. He's doing this so that he can show you that there is no other like him. He is more powerful than your gods. He's more powerful than the God of the Nile. He's more powerful than the God of fertility. And he's going to do this not because of you and not because of what you say, but to show forth his power and that there is no one like him, no one more powerful than him. The Egyptians treated the Pharaoh as if he were a god. And you yourself, Pharaoh, can't, with your word, get rid of these frogs. But let's show you that there is none other like the god of the Hebrews. And so he will get rid of these frogs. And that's exactly what happens. The frogs die out. They gather them together in heaps. The land stinks super bad. But as soon as the frogs were gone, Pharaoh hardens his heart and refuses to listen to them. Now, I love this story because it reminds me of an old joke that I heard growing up. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that Pharaoh ever had any intention of letting the children of Israel go here. But it reminds me of this joke where there was an old roofer and he's up on a house. He's roofing. Everything's great, grand and wonderful. And he slips and he starts to fall and he realizes that he's going to fall to his death. And so in that moment, he sends up a prayer and he starts praying and saying, "Okay, if you spare me, if you rescue me from this, I will go to church. I will serve. I will tithe. I will do everything that is ever asked of me. 
just get me out of this and help me not fall. And just in that moment, there's a nail on the roof and it catches the the carpenter's pants and it stops him from falling off the roof. And in that moment, the carpenter breathes a sigh of relief and says, oh, never mind, God, I got it. How often are we guilty of a similar thing? How often do we look to God and pray for his miracles and pray for his hand in our lives? And yet when it happens, we're quick to write that off as coincidence or luck or happenstance. Now, again, I don't think that Pharaoh had any intention of letting the people go. But when God delivered exactly what Pharaoh had asked, he still wasn't willing to recognize God's hand. And sometimes we can do that same thing in our lives by dismissing the tender mercies, by dismissing the miracles, by dismissing the deliverance, maybe as coincidence or luck or happenstance. I used to tell my seminary students all the time that miracles become coincidences really quick if we don't write them down or if we don't share them. Elder Eyring admonished us to keep a book of these miracles, of these tender mercies. He said, as you start to write, you could ask yourself, how did God bless me today? If you do that long enough and with faith, you will find yourself remembering blessings. And sometimes you will have gifts brought to your mind, which you have failed to notice during the day, but which you will then know were a touch of God's hand in your lives. My friend, it's my testimony that as we seek out God and as we seek to remember God, we will more fully see his power in our lives and more fully be able to recognize where he reaches into our lives to bless, deliver, or save us as his children. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 